so welcome to another podcast in this podcast we'll be learning about uh, heart failure so what is heart failure heart failure is the pathophysiological process in which the heart as a pump is unable to meet the metabolic requirements of the tissues for oxygen or you can say that heart is unable to pump the blood at a sufficient rate to meet the metabolic demands of the tissue okay so uh, how does heart failure occur so uh, there are many etiologies for that so first one is the coronary artery diseases like myocardial infarction or myocardial ischemia then there can be a chronic volume overload of the ventricles or pressure overload of the ventricles when can volume overload occur like in the mitral regurgitation or aortic regurgitation there these are the regurgitant lesions which cause the volume overload of the ventricles as we have seen there is backflow of blood from the atria to the ventricle again so this is the volume overload and because of this the ventricles fail then what are the causes of chronic pressure overload it can be hypertension or mitral stenosis or tricuspid stenosis these are stenotic lesions because of which the heart has to pump with a much greater force and like forcibly it has to pump forcibly so there's heart failure in these cases in volume overload also and in pressure overload also then there can be some chronic lung disease like cor pulmonary etc or in dilated cardiomyopathies also like we as we have seen earlier there is genetic uh, uh, genetic mutation of the titin gene titin protein therefore the cardiac the, the left ventricular wall is dilated so it is unable to pump the blood in sufficient amount so here also the heart fails other than this aging can also be a factor or in restrictive cardiomyopathy and lastly high output states like anemia beriberi pregnancy thyrotoxicosis these are the states in which heart failure can occur now let's talk about the pathophysiology uh, of heart failure that is the mechanism of heart failure so now see uh, due to the above causes which we have stated above uh, there's reduced cardiac output uh, from the heart so what happens is now the body tries to uh, compensate the reduced cardiac output okay so the uh, what happens is due to myocardial failure there is a reduction of the volume of blood ejected with each heartbeat to the systemic organs and therefore there is increase in the volume of blood which is remaining after the systole in the ventricles therefore this increased diastolic volume now stretches the myocardial fibers and restores the myocardial contraction but what happens is uh, the compensatory mechanisms are overwhelmed after some time after some days and now this heart failure progresses and it becomes pathological therefore it is said that heart failure is a common end stage of many chronic heart diseases okay so let's see what is the mechanism so first of all there is reduced cardiac output due to all these etiologies and the compensatory mechanisms uh, get started what are the compensatory mechanisms first it's the ca- cardiac compensatory mechanisms that means there is as the there is uh, less blood going through uh, each heartbeat so the heartbeat number of heartbeats get increased so this is tachycardia okay and there is increased myocardial contractility also so this increases the cardiac workload increases the cardiac output also but due to increased in like in tachycardia not increases the workload of the heart also because it has to beat faster now and it needs more a more muscle mass for this so therefore it there is compensatory hypertrophy and dilatation of the left ventricle also other than this second compensatory mechanism is the neurohumeral activation neurohumeral neuro is like the sympathetic nervous system ka stimulation and humeral is 
activation of the ras that is renin angiotensin aldosterone mechanism okay so when the sympathetic uh, system is gets uh, gets activated there is vasoconstriction because as the cardiac output is less there is peripheral vascular resistance is increased the ves and the vessels in the body are constricted there is vasoconstriction in the body which increases the blood pressure and cardiac workload again huh? then there is activation of ras now renin angiotensin aldosterone mechanism this system does two things first it it does vasoconstriction also through aldosterone and other it does sodium water retention so when there is sodium water retention there is increased intravascular volume also so this also in turn increases blood pressure and cardiac workload further so this, uh, all these causes further stress on there is further stress on the myocardium and then we call it as a congestive heart failure so here we can see how the compensatory mechanisms try to increase the cardiac output but uh, in turn increase the cardiac work workload of the heart itself and therefore uh, cause heart failure again now let's move on to the clinical features of heart failure the symptoms will be divided into two parts the symptoms due to left ventricular failure and symptoms due to right ventricular failure so when the left ventricle fails think of it when the left ventricle fails the left ventricle is unable to pump the blood so therefore the left ventricular pressure rises the left atrial pressure also rises and in turn the the pulmonary venous pressure arises and this pulmonary hypertension and in turn there is pulmonary venous congestion also so this causes dyspnea so this is the first symptoms of left symptom of left ventricular failure there can be exertional dyspnea orthopnea paroxysmal nocturnal dyspnea pnd or it, uh, there can be acute pulmonary edema also due to this there can be cough also then uh, a general symptom like non specific symptom like fatigue this occurs due to low cardiac output as the cardiac output is low there is fatigue then uh, the weakness weakness can occur also due to the decreased perfusion of the skeletal muscles then uh, as the renal perfusion will be low there will be decreased our, uh, urine output which call, which we call it as oligouria so the symptoms due to left ventricular failure are dyspnea which includes exertional dyspnea orthopnea pnd then cough fatigue weakness and oligouria these are the symptoms due to left ventricular failure so now let's talk about the symptoms due to right ventricular failure so when the right ventricle fails the right ventricular pressure rises due to which the right atrial pressure rises and there is systemic venous congestion again and there will be edema so pedal edema is a feature then there can be some gi symptoms like anorexia there can be oligouria here also and there can be dyspnea here also okay so now let's talk about the signs of uh, heart failure so first is the edema also called as dependent edema as it occurs in the dependent parts of the body now what happens is due to the right ventricular failure there is generalized edema of the body but uh, due to gravity the fluid accumulates over the dependent parts of the body only so therefore it's called dependent edema or cardiac edema uh, most importantly it is less in the morning and it is more in the evening okay second sign which we can we can see is the cyanosis now as the cardiac output is less there is the perfusion to the tissues is less so there is cyanosis the where will we observe cyanosis cyanosis is observed on lips and nail beds the and also the extremities appear cold and pale due to decreased blood flow then uh, we we can see some cardiac signs uh, first of all there will be enlargement of the left ventricle and uh, on auscultation the s3 gallop that is the ventricular ventricular gallop uh, will be heard and there will be systolic murmur in the apex other than this uh, on percussion uh, we can uh, we can find pleural effusion due to uh, the same mechanism as edema also due to the raised uh, right atrial pressure 
there can be raised JVP uh, and there can be congestive hepatomegaly due to hypoxia uh, there is hepatomegaly and then edema which we have studied as usual now coming and coming on to the investigations which we'll do in case of a heart failure the first is the chest x-ray what will be see on a chest x-ray there will be cardiomegaly obviously then uh, there is a thing called phantom tumor which is the fluid in the oblique fissures of the lungs which disappears on treatment with diuretics okay so therefore it's called phantom tumor okay then uh, there is a uh, bad swing appearance seen on the chest x-ray which is hazy opacification which is which arises from the hilar regions and ends to the, towards the periphery so it looks like bad swing so bad swing appearance on chest x-ray is a characteristic feature of characteristic feature of heart failure okay uh, second investigation will be ecg what will we see on ecg if there is any previous mi or if there is any active ischemia now or can we see any signs of ventricular hypertrophy or any arrhythmias which are associated with the ECG okay the third investigation will be uh, echocardiogram uh, on echo will assess uh, assess look for the what is the what would be the etiology for heart failure uh, we would see for any presence of valvular heart disease if it is present or not which and which would be the cause of heart failure obviously then we will see the cardiac chamber size shape then the ejection fraction can also be checked with the echo and also we'll check for any cardiomyopathies if they are present the fourth investigation which we'll do is the cardiac mri in this we'll do the infarct imaging in this we'll assess the viability in the dysfunctional myocardium with the use of dobutamine for contractile reserve that means any part of the myocardium which is due to any infarct it is it is not now is dysfunctional now so we'll assess the viability of that dysfunctional part of the myocardium by using dobutamine dobutamine is a cardiac stimulant for contraction so it is also called as infarct imaging then the fifth investigation will be cardiac biopsy it is useful in the diagnosis of cardiomyopathies as cardiomyopathies has uh, uh, the fault uh, in the myocytes so uh, on biopsy we can see if there's any cardiomyopathy associated with the heart then we'll uh, go for an ambulatory 24-hour ECG which is called as the halter method of uh, taking an ECG this is done for the patients with suspected arrhythmias uh, then we'll check for the brain natriuretic peptide this is uh, usually increased in heart failure and this is a very sensitive marker if it is greater than 100 picogram per ml it is a risk factor for heart failure now what we do is this uh, uh, when uh, we use this BNP factor to differentiate the cardiac and respiratory cause of dyspnea if we don't know that the dyspnea occurring is due to respiratory cause or cardiac cause then we use a bnp to do that so if the bnp is raised it is surely due to cardiac cause then normal blood tests like for cbc lfts serum urea creatinine etc coming to the treatment plan so there will be three parts of treatment first is the general lifestyle modification then we'll go for drug therapy or management and then we'll go for the non-pharmacological that is the surgical treatment so general lifestyle modification includes uh, cessation of smoking, control of diabetes mellitus, hypertension. These are all risk factors for heart failure. Then treatment of any factor that precipitates heart failure like infarction, infection, ischemia. Then uh, treatment of the underlying cause. Example like the heart failure is due to coronary artery disease. So we'll try to prevent the progression of coronary artery disease. Then 
देर आर सम डायटरी मॉडिफिकेशन विच विल हैव टू डू लाइक मेंटेन द वेट एंड बी एम आई बिटवीन एटीन टू ट्वेंटी फाइव दैन द सॉल्ट रेस्ट्रिक्शन शुड भी देर द सॉल्ट शुड नॉट भी मोर दैन फाइव ग्राम पॉडी देन द अल्कोहल कंजम्पन शुड भी रिड्यूज बिकॉज अल्कोहल इज एन कार्डियक डिप्रेसेंट एंड इट डिप्रेसिस द ऑलरेडी फेलिंग हार्ट देन द पर्सन शुड ईट डायट लो इन फैट विच इज रिच इन फ्रूट्स एंड वेजिटेबल्स लाइक दिस Uh, other than this the regular physical exercise is very important because low level endurance exercises reduces the deconditioning of the perimuscle peripheral muscle metabolism okay so it reduces the deconditioning of the peripheral muscle metabolism again bed rest is also needed for a patient with heart failure but see bed rest reduces the demands of the heart so it is good but excessive bed rest can now cause dvt near deep vein thrombosis so this should not occur so we what we'll do is we'll give him bed rest and also along with this we'll tell him to do some daily leg exercises along with we can give some low dose heparin or any elastic support stockings also coming to the second part that is the drug therapy or management the drug therapy is based on increasing contractility of the heart reducing the preload of the heart and reducing the afterload of the heart okay we'll see them one by one so the first drug which we'll give is we'll give is the diuretics so diuretics act by increasing the urinary excretion of sodium water uh, which uh, leads to reduction in the blood or plasma volume so increase sodium water excretion reduces blood plasma volume and reduces the preload of the heart simple so for this we'll give loop diuretics like furosemide uh, 20 to 40 mg od or thiazides that is hydrochlorothiazide uh, in severe heart heart failure we'll use the combination of both also we can give uh, a potassium sparing um, thi- uh, diuretic that is spironolactone uh, it is beneficial to patient with severe heart failure with left ventricular dysfunction now coming to the second drug that is the ace inhibitors uh, ace inhibitors are the ones which inhibit the conversion of angiotensin 1 to angiotensin 2 angiotensin 2 in turn activates aldosterone okay so aldosterone causes vasoconstriction as well as sympathetic stimulation and as well as sodium water retention all of these factors increase the uh, preload of the heart also the afterload of the heart okay so uh, so ace inhibitors inhibit this process and therefore it prevents vasoconstriction it prevents the sympathetic stimulation it prevents the sodium water retention so ace inhibitors improve the effect if effort tolerance and mortality they can improve outcome prevent onset of overt heart failure in patient with asymptomatic heart failure following mi which are the ace inhibitors first is captopril then enalapril lisinopril ramipril okay so these are some ace inhibitors then the third drug which we give uh, are the arvs this is the second line therapy in patients who are intolerant to ace inhibitors some arvs are losartan olmisartan telmisartan the functioning is same they'll not they'll not allow the aldosterone to increase the peripheral vascular resistance to uh, sympathetic stimulation or sodium water retention and thus uh, decrease the afterload as well as preload then uh, beta blockers are all uh, can be also be used so uh, the indication for beta blockers is to all patients with current or prior heart failure and a left ventricular ejection fraction less than 40% so when the ejection fraction is less than 40% we give beta blockers so first uh, the dosage is we start with a low dose and increase within 12 weeks so some beta blockers are bisoprolol carvedilol and metoprolol which we use in routine then uh, the other drug is aldosterone receptor antagonist that is what is spironolactone potassium sparing uh, the indication for using spironolactone is either nyha class 2 3 or 
and the ejection fraction should be less than 35. Then only we use spironolactone. Spironolactone has side effects such as gynecomastia and increased potassium because it is potassium sparing the potassium so there occurs hyperkalemia. So we have to do monitoring for this. So uh, first of all stop all potassium supplements then check potassium and creatinine first two to three days initially then every month and then every three months okay nothing uh, important in this then digoxin digoxin is a drug which is an indication for atrial fibrillation if the heart failure is associated with atrial fibrillation then we use digoxin the dose is 0.125 mg to 0.2 mg once a day then we can use vasodilators and nitrite nitrates these are uh, vasodilators like hydralazine these reduce afterload as they dilate the uh, they, they cause vasodilation the heart needs less efforts to pump the blood and therefore uh, it helps in like prevention of the progression of the heart, uh, heart failure okay so indications of this are nyha 3 or 4 class and the low ejection fraction even after ace inhibitors and beta block blockers okay so dose is 37.5 hydralazine mg hydralazine plus 20 mg isosorbide dinitrate coming to the non-pharmacological treatment of heart failure First, we can put a implantable ICD that is implantable cardioverter defibrillator. So this device is used in patients with symptomatic ventricular arrhythmias associated with heart failure. Also in non-ischemic or ischemic heart diseases when the uh, left ventricular ejection fraction is less than 35% and there is NYHA class 2 or 3 symptoms or there is NYHA class 1 symptoms with ejection fraction less than 30%. So then we can use the ICD that is implantable cardioverter defibrillator. Then uh, we can use a cardiac resynchronization therapy. In this, the, both the left ventricle and right ventricle are paced simultaneously to generate a more coordinated left ventricular contraction. The indications for this are patients who have left ventricular ejection fraction of less than 35% or left bundle branch block or a broad QRS more than 150 milliseconds or in NYHA class 2 and 3 patients. Then we can go for coronary revascularization. This include coronary artery bypass surgery and the percutaneous coronary intervention. That is the graft and stenting thing. So these may improve blood flow to the hibernating myocardium which has inadequate blood flow. What is the hibernating myocardium? This is the reversible left ventricular dysfunction with decreased myocardial perfusion which is just sufficient for the viability of the muscle okay so we the myocardium is hibernating because it has inadequate blood flow by doing the due to any block in the coronary artery by doing this coronary revascularization we improve the blood flow to the hibernating myocardium okay the last option which we, we are left with is the heart transplant for patients with life expectancy less than 6 years and in young patients we prefer this. The indications are coronary artery disease or cardiomyopathy and in young patients with severe symptoms despite of the treatment or medical treatment and the uh, this thing. Uh, what there are some contraindications for heart transplantation which are elderly patients and patients with pulmonary vascular disease or any complex congenital heart disease. Okay, so this was all about heart failure.